0: so welcome everyone to the power half hour Uh, each and every week we interview a top producer in our market or uh, in fact anywhere in the world anywhere in North America uh, business owners you know people who are successful so this week we have a very special guest a young man um, at 26 years old he's able to turn your company from 40 million dollars all the way to 250 million dollars so I can't wait for Jared to share Jared Spiwak Welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, happy to be here.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for coming. And obviously, um, you know, our audience are mostly looking at realtors, so we don't actually know who you are. So if you can go right into it and just share who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, of course. So uh, my name is Jared Spuak. I'm the founder and lead strategist of Comet Fuel, We're an uh, advertising agency that focuses on helping service-based and SaaS companies scale predominantly through uh, Google Ads. Uh, we do that through a number of different ways. We also involve creative in that. So we help with not just sending you traffic, but also turning that traffic into leads, helping you turn those leads into sales, and then help you mm. kind of close the gap between your leads and sales data. So we're having conversations about how much money we made you and not how many leads we sent you.
0: Ooh, OK. So really it's about lead conversion, your company does.
1: Yeah, so we don't help on the sales side, but what we do is oh, okay. we help kind of close that gap because a lot of people through their marketing, they can tell you, I had uh, you know, 10 buyers reach out to me, I had 10 sellers reach out to me, but mm-hmm. where did they come from? And when you look at the customers that you got, what was the original marketing source and how long did it take you to close them and how much were they worth and are certain marketing channels worth more or less and should you have different goals per marketing channel based off of the results that you get and that's a question that a lot of companies uh you know regardless of the size you know whether they're just starting off or whether they're worth you know 10 20 30 million dollars uh, usually can't answer or usually they can't answer it too well
0: wow okay so really um identifying the channels and helping us track where it comes from and uh, how to convert, what is the conversion rate and whatnot. Um, so does do you guys uh, provide the leads or do you enhance the leads?
1: Yeah, so uh, what we do is someone goes to Google and they say, I'm looking to buy a house, I'm looking to uh, buy an investment property, I'm looking to buy a commercial property, whatever it may be. And then what we do is we help place ads on Google so that they, they appear right at the top of Google, somebody clicks on that ad, they go to your website, they go to a landing page uh, that we may have built, uh, and mm. then we uh, we optimize that page to take a, to convert as high a percentage as possible, those oh. clicks, into actual leads, uh, and then we help you with the, the measuring side, whether you're using you know, some sort of uh, CRM like Boomtown, whether you're using you know some other you know a, a thousand plus different crms in the real estate space yeah uh, to go okay great you know where did this person come from and what was the actual value that you got out of that lead
0: interesting okay so is it kind of like a white lopo type of thing um Yes and no. I mean, there's a lot of overlap between what a lot
1: of um, uh, service providers do in the space. You know, some some of our competitors do a lot of what we do. Some of our competitors mm. do very little of what we do. Uh, so right. uh, unfortunately, there's not like an industry standard for, ah, uh, for how the service kind of works.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So are most of your clients in real estate just like us then? or?
1: Uh, we work with a, a number of real estate companies. Uh, we've worked with anywhere from uh, brokerages to agents to working with lenders wow. to investors. Um, I'm also a very small time investor myself, so I also kind of have uh, the other side of the business. And so when we work in the space, uh, uh, we also work with some real estate SaaS companies. I can uh, leverage all that information to go, okay, great. I know not just how your business works, but I also know what your customers are thinking about.
0: That's awesome. So you really know where the opportunities are um, in all these industries. So let me ask you a question then specifically um for common fuel how did you turn that company from 40 million a year to 250.
1: yeah so um i think it's a little bit of a misunderstanding there so what we've done is we've managed a total of about 40 million dollars and we told from all of our clients and turned that into about 250 total not just for one individual client uh Ah, and a lot of that is just (laughs) i was like that beast mode (laughs) (laughs) i mean we have worked with some uh you know quite large companies but uh not a single you know, in total, uh, 40 million to 250 million uh, across all of our clients. Uh, awesome. And we've really done that through, uh, you know, I mean, to me, you know, to me, it sounds you know, easy, quote unquote, but it's really a matter of if we can close the gap between leads and sales, which is something that so few companies can actually do, uh, optimizing what you're doing on the marketing front becomes really simple, you know, for e commerce businesses, uh, which is an industry that we don't work in, but those guys have a lot of advantages they go into their Google Analytics, they go into their website and they can see how much money they made. And usually by default, it'll even tell them where they made that money from, the marketing channel, because it's all Mm -hmm. on the web, very easy to track. A lot of service-based businesses, they know how many people call them, they know how many people filled the form, but they don't always know how many of those form fills were actually qualified leads. How many of these, you know, we got 25 people who want to be buyers, but how many of these were just window shoppers? How many of these were people mm. that you know, had a had a budget of you know two hundred k in a four hundred thousand uh, medium you know house area? So if we can then instead focus on you know tracking that and go okay. Let's go deeper than just phone calls, lead forms, live chats, what have you. Uh, What about actual qualified leads and which of those qualified leads turned into sales? And we Mm -hmm. use that data to optimize as as opposed to the lead data on the front end. Uh, All your competitors are going after phone calls, regardless of quality, uh, and we're optimizing for what actually matters, which is revenue.
0: Oh, wow. So going after the revenue and really identifying which leads are going to be most likely to convert. And so you're actually um, going towards the most qualified instead of uh, just kind of, you know, spraying and praying that uh, one of them will work out kind of thing.
1: Exactly. We don't just want to send yeah. you, you know, 50 leads and say, "Hey, good luck."
0: That's awesome. Wow. Uh, so for the real estate agents and team leaders out there, I think um, you know you should definitely talk to Jared here. So Jared, I want to you know kind of rewind a bit. Obviously, you have a very uh, successful, thriving you know agency. Um, but you started working a long, long time ago at 14 years old. Um, tell me a little bit about that journey and how how, how did you get to today, Comet Fuel? Yeah, so
1: you know, there's a there's a lot of steps in between. There, you know, when I was uh, when I was 14, I was in I was in high school and uh, I graduated high school early. Uh, I, grad, I started college at 15, graduated high school at 16, and wow. I had uh, I was like, huh, well. No one can hire me because I have to be 16 to work, at least here, Uh, 15 for some places. Well, no one's going to hire a 14 year old. So I went online, just Googled, you know, very unsuccessfully, you know, how to make money online as as a lot of people do. Uh, And I started uh, working for this website where people would pay you to just write content. And that led to me understanding like, oh, there's this thing called SEO and Mm. people want content for their website so that they can rank on Google and get traffic. Cool. So um, at that point in time, you're just keyword stuffing, where it's like, hey, here's this keyword that we're trying to rank for. Like, find a way to put this eight times into this 500-word article and uh, that kind of led me down the path of marketing because I really didn't know at that time what I wanted to go to college for, uh, and I ended up getting my degree in marketing, so that led me into going, okay, great, you know, let's pursue the marketing side of things. Uh, from there, I spent about a, a little bit over a year in corporate real estate marketing working in residential. so the company that I worked for, they'd buy, like, 400-unit, like, apartment buildings, and then
0: oh, know, we wow. had to
1: fill those units. Uh Corporate really wasn't for me. There was no uh, real future for me there. So after being there for about a year and a half, I got an offer making double what I was making per hour while working from home from a law firm marketing agency. Nice. So I started to uh, work on the SEO side for uh, law firm marketing. And eventually that went from full time down to part time down to no time. And cool. you know while we do Google Ads now, we never actually started a Google Ads agency. We started an SEO agency called Blue Dog Media in 2018. And mm. what happened was uh, around, you know, between 2018 and 2020, uh, every once in a while, a client would ask us like, hey, uh, do you want to like run our ads too? We like working with you, but uh, we don't like who's running our ads. And I'm like, no, we're not an ad company. We do SEO. Then they're like, well, we really don't like who we're working with that with ads, but we like working with you. Can you please take a look? Like, sure. Why not? So we started working on a couple of ad accounts here and there. And what happened was very quickly, we started to realize that we were actually growing our client's businesses faster through ads than we were with SEO. And clients were more uh, secure or they felt more secure in the marketing dollars going to ads than SEO because uh, mm. SEO is anyone who's invested in it knows it's kind of a black box. You're gonna put a lot of money into it and then three, six months down the line, you're gonna figure out if that money was actually producing anything for you. Harder
0: to track, so to speak. Exactly, yeah. and
1: so with with ads, we were scaling their businesses quicker and faster and easier and it was more measurable. So th- mm. uh, the client also felt uh, more kind of reassured that that the money that they were spending was actually doing something for them. And uh, around, you know, 2020, 2021, we started transitioning from uh, an SEO-based agency to uh, a Google Ads-based agency. Mm. And then ever since then, you know, uh, it's, you know, uh, Outlook is pretty good.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, tell tell us a little bit of a, a difference between SEO and Google Ads then, and, you know, how, how that, uh, you know, really impacts our business as real estate agents.
1: Yeah, so for... A lot of businesses SEO is the the sexy marketing channel. Uh, it's something that has a lot of allure. Uh, everybody wants to everybody wants to be the first that comes up when somebody Google's for something. Just like you know, go back you know twenty thirty years ago, uh, everyone wanted to be at the top of the directory site. You know, everyone you know that's why it's all you know, AAA real estate or you know AAA you know law firm whatever because they could get to the top of the yellow pages. Kind of the same exact concept here. Everyone wants to rank top so that when you search for something, you're the first thing that somebody sees. Uh, the challenge though on the SEO front is that it? it's really hard to understand how it works. There's a lot of knowledge that you need to understand how Google works, mm. how the algorithms work, that if you don't understand that as a business owner, you're paying somebody money to do something that you don't understand, and the result mm. that you get out of that, you probably also don't understand. And when things mm. change, you can wake up. All of a sudden, you went from page one to page four, and there may not Ooh. be an explanation and it, you could do everything right and that can still happen. Because why? It's an algorithm. Google makes mistakes. Sometimes they mm. undervalue websites, sometimes they overvalue websites. And so there's all this uh, confusion, points of contention, et cetera, that generally I recommend SEO for companies that are very established so that you can put in the, you know, the large amount of funds that it'll take for the long amount of time that it takes. And so mm. when a, a competitor does something shady or a competitor you know, starts throwing you know, tons of money at content creation or they start getting more media links, so you know, people linking to your website. Uh, matters a lot. It's really easier for a well-known company to get people that they already know to link to them with no effort or money or cost because they're already a well-known figure. Really hard for someone who's just starting. Uh, The ads front, though, as soon as you launch them, the ads are there. Uh, You can start getting clicks right away. You can start figuring out if it's working uh, pretty Mm -hmm. much right away. You can start making progress and tracking your changes and how that's working. What's your input versus your output uh, pretty much right away and not waiting, you know, three, six, 12 months.
0: Wow. Okay. So really, SEO is kind of like it. It's good. It, it will uh, it will work, uh, but it's a harder to track, and, and b you don't know how it's working. Um, but SEO experts, um, you know, really work with more established companies instead of uh, people who are starting out. Starting out, then you know, for a real estate company, real estate sales agent, uh, going to Google Ads and driving some leads, you could convert right away. Would probably be the best option, and you help with both.
1: So we, we took all of our SEO clients and we actually partnered with someone who just specializes in SEO so that we could okay. double down and just focus on ads. Uh, so nice. when people come to us, sometimes they're looking for both and we have, a, you know, we have a partner that we work with and, you know, uh, his name's Jonathan Keekbush. He takes, he takes over all the SEO stuff. We work on the ads front and then, you know, our companies just kind of work with those clients uh, uh, congruently, if you will.
0: That's awesome. Very cool. So what's like the onboarding process with your company? Um, if you're if like a real estate company, let's say.
1: Yeah. So something that we really try to do with our onboarding process is we have a uh, what's uh, what a lot of people consider a very overwhelming intake form. And what we've done over time is six, 12 months into an engagement working with a company is thinking back and going, what did I learn about this company six to 12 months in that I really wish I knew on day one? Mm. And we use that information to inform what questions we ask everybody at the front going, wow, uh, this client told us some really interesting things about their business eight months after we started working with them. Mm. How did we fail to collect this information at the forefront? And so we have this uh, laundry list of questions. Sometimes mm. it's even the same question asked in different ways because people give different responses, just right. because they, res- they respond differently to- based off the verbiage. Uh, and we get really, really, really specific information about who you are, what is it that you're trying to accomplish, who are your competitors, why are they your competitors, what makes you specifically uh. unique. Uh, we then go through that. Th- through that, And then our, our next step from there is, one, organizing all that information, uh, just for, you know, Uh, accountability reasons, just understanding what you're on about. Uh, But secondly, is what's the angle here? What is is something that we can put in front of uh, your competitors, put in front of your prospective customers that is unique and stand out? And how well do you know your customers? That's something that we also find out a lot, that a lot of people Mm. have no idea who their actual customers are. So if you're trying to sell uh, $5 million commercial properties and you and your website reads the same way as any other agent out there, mm. uh, the average agent isn't selling $5 million commercial properties. So the average right. customer isn't going to resonate with that. If you're selling luxury, you need to have that luxury look and feel, luxury and brand, uh, you yeah. need to be able to communicate with that person in that way. Mm. Uh, so that's another thing that we're looking for, is how do we communicate with our customer, and do they understand how to communicate with their customer?
0: That's great. Uh, so you, you help clients with that. Um, so what do you see as like the... I guess the biggest uh, mistake that agents make uh, with, you know, running Google ads and, you know, because this is what I hear all the time, like, oh, I run Google ads, you know, they're, they're not, they're really no good, you know, we're, we're we're probably converting at about 0.5 to 1%. Um, So how do you help clients convert at a higher level?
1: Yeah. So one of the, one of the most important things is making sure you're tracking the, the entire sales process. Uh, When... When things are going wrong, just, this is just the world we live in. Uh, everybody always yells at the marketing person. If the business is down, it's marketing's fault. That's, mm. kind of just, the, that's just kind of what we live. Uh, yeah. That's not always the case, though. And what I, what I recommend everybody do, and what we try to help all of our clients do, is make sure that you're tracking every step from clicks all the way to cash being in the bank, which is mm. what happens when you get these 10 leads. And there have been times where we found, like, yeah, you got these 10 leads. It took you three days to respond to them. They contacted oh. five other people in that time. Oh. Of course you didn't convert any. Or we've had people like, hey, uh, you got like five phone calls, 20 form fills. <laughs> I, I never check my email well (laughs) well there's a problem so it can be marketing it can also be something else so the first thing i recommend everybody do is be able to find what the actual problem is because you can't say what the problem is unless you're tracking that entire process and Mm. then you need to find what the best uh, opportunity for improvement is you might be able to improve by lowering your cost per click but if you need to lower your cost per click by you know let's just say you know i won't even throw out a fake number but let's just say to hit that goal that you need to hit it's going to take you three months of trial and error but what if you could achieve that in two weeks by just going hey Mm -hmm. you know what Maybe we should start talking to some of these companies that do. Maybe we should hire an ISA. Maybe that's what mm. we need. Maybe I have enough leads now. but we actually I need to not be the one following up with these people because I don't have the time. I need somebody right. else to handle that follow-up for me. Maybe mm. that's my path of least resistance to making my Google Ads account profitable. It might have nothing to do with Google Ads. So that's the first thing is that it might be the ad account. It might be something else. So first is to identify what's the actual issue and what's the path of least resistance to actually getting to the result they are looking for. That's the number one thing that 99.999% of service-based businesses never do.
0: That's really good. Um, So really what you're saying is speed to lead. Really, if you're not calling them right away, they may contact five, six other people. And when you do call them, you're already out of the game, so to speak. And, And then we blame it on marketing, blame the leads, like leads are no good right? Yeah, especially if
1: you've historically relied on referrals. This is a very common problem Mm. with businesses that have relied on referrals, uh, because the truth is, you've never had to do sales. Those people came to you ready to buy. They're already sold. Their friend, whoever referred them, they sold for you. Uh, Mm. And then, when you're getting to this point, like, hey, Uh, this lead, you might have to follow up with them for weeks, for months. Uh, Maybe they're not ready to buy for the next year and a half. Uh, For some of our clients, uh, I can't disclose who, but we're working with this client in the real estate space. We have full access to their CRM. And just Mm. looking, granted, they have a decently sized sales team at this point. Uh, Looking at it, they're like, wow, these leads that came in from these marketing channels, they've had like 50 phone calls with them over the past two years, and now they're ready to buy.
0: Wait, wait, hang on. 50 mm -hmm. phone calls in two years, and now they're ready to buy.
1: Yeah. So you know, for they for what they're doing, you know, it's um, uh, basically they work with real estate agents, and so it's like, oh, you know, this person wanted more leads, but then uh, they transferred to a different brokerage, and then the communication fall fell off for a couple months, and then they got married, right. and then this happened. Like stuff happens. Like so maybe somebody lost their job, and that's why they're not ready to buy today. And mm. then six months from now, they're set up in a new job, and now they're ready to buy. Or maybe mm. it turns out that. Uh, you know i had a friend who uh, tried to get qualified for a loan she didn't get qualified because uh she like just missed it what she was trying to get qualified for because uh, her car payment was just too much uh, and so it's like oh if you pay off your loan just consistently for the next like 6 months like you'll be able to qualify for this and you know your debt level will be low enough uh, okay great you like did any of the agents she, she talked to follow up in that 6 months to go hey how you doing now? Like, hey, are you ready to buy now? No, of course not. Like, none of them ever reached out again. Uh, so right. that's another thing. It's not just how quickly do you contact, but also uh, are you following up with that person? They might not Ooh. be ready to buy today, but what about three months from now? Did they tell you never to contact them again? Probably not. It, you know, it's not hard to just be like, hey, just wondering where you're at. Like, should we continue the conversation? Should I continue? Should I follow up with you again in like three months if it's a better time? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, would you prefer I never talk to you again?
0: <laughs> that's a good question, too. Um, So really what you're saying is number one is speed to lead and number two is uh, Your leads don't suck your follow-up sucks
1: For a lot of businesses and you know, and I'm happy to admit that you know Maybe not happy to admit but sometimes for myself as well like stuff happens like you can build a follow-up system you'll I've gotten much more aggressive with follow-ups and it's night and day like if somebody says I'm interested in doing this today i'm following yeah. up with you tomorrow morning if you haven't moved forward like not right. to not to be rude but just say hey you said you want to move forward just making sure you know is there something on my end you know do you need know right. a little bit more time like what's happening you know, i just want to be involved in the conversation so that i know how to drive this conversation for that next touch point
0: mm. yeah guys prospecting without lead follow-up is a complete waste of time and in the online lead world i do think that is not only a follow-up you gotta put in this word in your in your head is nurture i think because uh, a lot of times uh, i came from a mike fairy background and it's all about uh a lead isn't someone that's going to buy or sell in the next seven to ten days and that actually doesn't happen that often and most people who especially coming from online uh where they clicked on a website usually would you say six to nine months out on average
1: I think it. There's going to be a lot of factors. I think it's going to depend on you know, especially in the real estate space, the economy, uh, you mm. know, it, it, where we are right now. If we're in an era where people are losing their jobs left and right, someone mm. might be ready to buy today. They might be ready to go today. They're like, "Yes, I'm looking." And then, oh man, my job's giving a lot of layoffs. Do I, do I really want to uh, risk uh, buying that house here? Maybe I don't even want to live in this area six months from now. You know, maybe there's maybe I I'm considering moving for a job. So yeah, you know, there's going to be people who. Are maybe ready, you know in the next couple of days, there might be people in the next couple of months, maybe yeah. in the next couple of quarters.
0: Yeah, so you just never know, and first is first, you need to call them right away, and then if it's not ready today, you need to follow up and nurture until they are ready. So really, we're talking about working. <laughs> you have to work, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, just a little bit, yeah, you have to it's um it's not hard to do better than average. Uh, if you do the bare minimum, you're better than average. Like it, mm. for most industries, what I found is that, you know, uh, I have a, I have a buddy that we constantly complain how hard it is to get people to take our money because mm. I'm constantly like, Oh, somebody reached out to me and I said, wow, it seems like you have a really cool offer. It's just not a good time. Like follow up in like a month from now. And what I yeah. do is I'll, I'll use like the snooze feature on Gmail and I'll snooze it for like 30 days just so I yeah. don't forget about them and if they don't follow up i'm not going to follow up with them because usually Mm -hmm. the people who are reaching out are saying like oh i can get you more leads i can get you more sales like oh like we have this Mm -hmm. technique whatever i'm like yeah sure let's have a chat but if you can't follow up with me when you say you are you're definitely not going to do that you know when you're trying to help my business either but yeah if someone says like it's not a good fit most of the time they never even follow up so just Mm -hmm. following up and be like hey is this a better time chances are less than you know if they reached out to 10 other agents maybe one of them if that followed up in that amount of time chances are they're waiting around looking at their phone like hmm why will people call us we listen to the phone calls for some of our clients through a uh, call rail and we'll go like oh let's let's see the transcripts of the reception and sometimes it's somebody calls in they're like you know I'm not sure if I'm really ready to move forward on this and the front per- front desk person goes okay great give us a call back when you think so like no other way around like you have to chase them don't expect them to chase you
0: right Oh, my gosh. So um, why do you think that is in, in today's world uh, where people are not they're, they're not willing to make that second call to follow up or it seems like they don't even want money? What What's up with that?
1: I think it's a lack of systems and processes. A mm. uh, Years and years ago, I can't remember. I've been using this example for like seven years so it's at least like seven years old uh at one point in time harvard business did a study and they their conclusion was that the average business can double their revenue if they just answered all their phone calls uh wait, so, wait, wait, hang I, on. see that
0: again yeah. not because we didn't hear it because it's very important say that again
1: <laughs> yes so if i recall correctly uh harvard business <laughs> conducted a study and their conclusion was that the average business could double their revenue if they simply answer their phone
0: if you simply answer the phone you can double your business
1: that is wow and it's so common like just if you're bored like choose an industry like uh choose an industry contact 10 businesses fill out their Mm. lead capture form on the website seem like Mm -hmm. a legitimate lead see how many of them ever contact you very few will it's really frustrating too because especially as a consumer uh when i was uh i was engaging in a I, i was buying a property and I wanted to have a contact for a real estate lawyer. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I, it's good to have someone now, when I don't necessarily need them, than a panic and like try to find someone when I really need them. So I'm like, let me call around and have a couple questions because I was getting in, into investing. You know, a couple things that a agent couldn't answer. So I contacted four or five firms. Uh, two of them I just never heard from. Like no one picked up the phone, or like I submitted a lead form, and, like no one heard back. Uh, two of them I had phone calls with with the front desk staff that said, oh, a lawyer will call you back never got a call back. One of them, I got a call back uh, when they said roughly when I would get a call back, had a great conversation. Now I have his email. That's going to be the guy that I go to anytime hmm. you know, that I have another question. I don't have to engage with anybody right now, but when I do, that's going to be the person I talk to right. because like, it's hard for me to judge if, how good of a real estate lawyer that they are unless I've worked with a, do- a dozen of them, but at right. least they can actually respond to me. And, yeah. and that's wild that that is, should be the bare minimum, and they are better than you know, eighty percent of my sample size uh, because they simply just contacted me.
0: Just picked up the phone and contacted yeah. you when you made an inquiry. Uh, you did say something uh, just about a couple minutes ago. You said even if you just did the bare minimum, you're you're going to be uh, better than average. Is that what you said? Yeah,
1: it, it's well, and this I have found is almost universal for for every industry i think wow. that i think that um if i were to attribute to anything i i think at the bare minimum it's bad systems and processes mm-hmm. and when you uh, like something that I, that i think i'm particularly good at is solving problems like i i don't think i'm particularly good at anything except for solving problems give me a problem i'll find a way to solve it mm. one of the things that i do is anytime i notice a problem in my business or i find or i let, really like something that another business is doing Uh, I write it down so if I go man uh, this person reached out to me because I forgot to give them a proposal and I said that I would and I just forgot that's a big problem I need to solve Mm. that okay well now it's well if I have a call with somebody how can I automatically say okay follow up with them like every seven days or every 14 days, or how can I go into my CRM and remind myself, or how can I uh, build a system and process that every time I jump on a call with somebody, I have to open up the same Word doc, and that Word doc says at the very bottom, great, take all your notes from this call, and then make sure you schedule a follow-up at some time. As vague as that, I think a lot of the time it's, okay, great, I got off that call, and now I'm moving on to my next thing, and I've com- 10 minutes later, I've completely forgotten that that call ever happened, because I didn't have a system or a process or just right. you know, a thought of going like, hey, here's a problem that I need to solve.
0: Wow, okay. So really guys, um systems processes are very very important with regards to lead follow-up and I mean it, it is what it is. If you're not good at reminding yourself, you better have some systems in place. And if you don't follow up, you're not going to make any money in real estate. So really listen to this and if you just do the bare minimum, guys, you're going to come out on top. And if you are elite in your effort, your lead follow-up and prospecting, you're going to make a lot of money. Wow uh thank you for this uh jared so uh, a couple minutes left i wanted to ask you what what is the impact of ai in real estate you think in the next five to ten years
1: sure so i think that we're going i think that we're already seeing a massive decline in the interest in ai from people Uh, the amount of chat gpt users are way down the amount of searches that people are interested in ai is is down quite a bit wow the we have this massive hype cycle it's like think about anything like um crypto or nfts you Mm -hmm. know kind of like the same thing all of a sudden it's this new technology that people don't understand but Mm. other people that seem to understand it say it's really cool so everyone's buying into the hype then Mm. something happens and and it starts to trend down so Mm. ai and real estate you know kind of um as a whole, we're going to see it everywhere. Like it's going to be implemented in terms of like, hey, give us ideas of the types of properties that you're interested in buying, and uh, our AI will find properties for you instead of just doing like keyword-based searches, like you know, bedrooms, bathrooms. It might you know crawl the description and it's not really yeah. AI, but they'll say it's AI. Or we're going to use AI to to estimate what this house will sell for, you know, for investors. Or yeah. we're going to use AI to estimate what the rent will be, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, that being said, it's a, it's a tool to enhance your abilities. It's not a replacement for humans. The way that Love I like to, to, to look at it is AI, and there's tons of different AIs, tons of different models, tons of different ways that it works. In general, I like to think of it as going from a manual can opener to an electric can opener. That mm. lets you do the same thing more efficiently if you know what you're doing. It's mm, not a factory yeah. line that just automatically does the entire thing for you. But what's really interesting uh, you know, AI, the most common thing that people talk about is ChatGPT. Yeah. Uh, Cornell just did a study and found that... Let me get the actual number here because I, I reference this a lot. Uh, 52% of ChatGPT's answers contain inaccuracies. They also oh. found that people are more likely to prefer an inaccurate answer from ChatGPT than an accurate answer from a human, be, simply due to the more authoritative writing style that uh, ChatGPT has. Wow. And so the challenge... So they're good
0: salespeople.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. So the challenge is that if you're not skilled in whatever it is you're trying to automate, you you don't have the skill to understand when the AI has done something wrong, when the AI has you know made a blunder, when the AI has screwed up. And so you it's like um I don't know, it's like a uh, throwing money at the stock market and hoping for the best or like option trading yep. without knowing anything about options. It's like you don't know why it went up, you don't know why it went down. Uh, but you're like, hey, like I did the thing. Yeah why didn't i get the result (laughs) you know so you you can use it for copywriting but unless you're a copywriter it's really hard for you to judge if that's a good copy or not Uh you could use it to say hey Come up with a marketing strategy for me, uh, but unless you know what a, mar- a good marketing strategy looks like, you can't judge if that's a good marketing strategy. And so that's one of the big dangers with AI. It's not a replacement for these specialties, but it Ooh. allows you, if you know how to do that, to enhance your ability. If you're a good copywriter, you can get tons of uh, good copy, or you can speed up your ability to write good copy. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have no idea, maybe it can start you on the path. You know, you don't know how to write a good about section for your website, but you give it a couple bullet points and you can look at that. You're like, yeah, you know, that's roughly my story, that's good enough. Uh, but if you're like, hey, I'm trying to write good sales copy. Do you know what good sales copy is? And if you don't, you can't judge that sales copy.
0: Oh my goodness, guys. Uh, We will not be replaced by robots here in the real estate industry. It's an enhancement to what we do, not a replacement for what we do. Wow, Jared, uh, that's uh, amazing, amazing insight. Um, Any last insight for the audience as we go on, uh, you know, uh, to become successful in the last uh, quarter of 2023?
1: Yeah, so uh, one, of the, one of the biggest things for my business, which has made it faster and easier for me to grow and basically consistently hit all of our quarterly goals uh, since we implemented the system, is track everything, like mm. as, as, as broad as that sounds, but write down what is your revenue, what is your profit, which are you less happy with? now you can't just say hey i want to increase my revenue that's not actionable but then you can dive into how does your rev what comprises of your revenue you Mm -hmm. might look at that as like residential sales commercial sales you know depending on what you're doing or like the size of property houses etc what's your greatest opportunity for growth if you're trying to hit that revenue goal is it easier for you to nurture your existing lead base? You know How many people do you have in your pipeline? At what stages? Or is it easier for you wow. to go out and get new people into your pipeline? And so if you can continue to drill down in your business and become very, very specific with what your problem is, you can uh, sometimes solve that problem uh, in days. There have been times where we've set a quarterly goal for revenue growth and we've solved right. it within a week by just going like, what's actually the quickest path? And you know, something that we did last quarter was, we have uh, a lot of legacy clients that we get really good results for that we charge next to nothing i'm just going to send five emails to these clients and say hey uh this is all the new stuff that we can do for you that we haven't done before and this is all the extra value that we've provided to you we're increasing your rates to why we we sent that out to like f- five six clients uh we had one person say no and just those five saying or those four or five that saying yes. Allowed us to hit our uh, pretty much our entire quarterly revenue in- goal increase. We didn't have to worry about getting new leads. We didn't have to worry about increase, improving our close rates. Yeah, we could look at our close rates and go, "Ah, I wish that was a little bit higher." But if yeah. that's not our path of least resistance, who cares? Like, I'm happy mm. to have a low close rate if we're still hitting all of our other goals because that right. low close rate isn't what's actually holding me back. Uh, it, it's something else. So if you can get really, really specific and actionable about ex- you know exactly what is driving you back uh, holding you back from hitting your goal exactly what the path of least resistance is uh, i can almost promise you that your days are going to get a lot easier I, I i work a lot less i stress a lot less because i just go oh here's this very specific thing that we need to do mm-hmm. that's the quarterly goal and i know that if we do that we'll hit our goal no problem wow
0: gosh that's good i mean that's really working smarter not harder But by tracking everything that you do, knowing exactly where your inefficiencies are, where your best opportunities are, you don't actually have to actually go inquire new clients. Perhaps you can have it right in your database and you can increase your revenues tenfold if you just track everything. So, Jared, that's, uh, man, you are a genius. Uh, Jared, how can people, where can people find you and reach you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So if you want to know more about us and uh, potentially get on the call, you can go to cometfuel.com and I very consistently, inconsistently uh, create content at YouTube. You can just look at Jared Spiewak at YouTube.
0: Jared Spiewak at YouTube. Okay, perfect. And then uh, cometfuel.com. Guys, uh, what a great call. I think this has to be um, you know, a two-parter, but we will love to have you back. Uh, reach out to Jared if you want to talk more. Guys, make it a great day. What a great call today. We'll see you all next time. Adios. Bye-bye.